into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Cherry's a girl who wanted to be taken seriously. I am going to be a reporter. But her body kept getting in the way. Pretty girl, you could be a model. Sometimes I just wish I were a guy. Well, you know, the male body needs sex at all times. It's a living hell. So to prove to the men in her life she had a mind, Terry decided to try life as a guy. How do I look? Dashing. My zipper's open. That was the dashing part. What a fox. Dresses like Elvis Costello. Looks like the karate kid. I'm gonna get him. Today's woman has the freedom to be just as sick and perverted as us guys. She learned their secrets. I have surprise jock inspections three times a week. A word to the wise. And dated their women. Yeah, but I got this one rule. I never go out with girls who say bitch. Now the question is... What's going on? Wait, it gets better. Can a girl tell the boy she loves... Terry's such a stallion. Go on, show me Harry Chet. She's not the man. He thinks she is? Wait a minute, are those what I think they are? Yep, it's one of a kind. My bro. Just one of the guys. Just confused. Of course you're confused. You're wearing my underwear. All right. You've watched it now. Yes. <laughs> Just one of the guys. I watched the rest of it. <laughs> you watched the rest of it. You saw, got to see the second half. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> First time. <laughs> Was it a second half, though? <laughs> yes. It was so surprising. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, for those who haven't watched, you know, we might as well get that, <laughs> that part over with. Uh, those who haven't watched Just One of the Guys from 1985. Oh, my uh, God, you're missing out. There is a big <laughs> part at the very end of the movie when she has to reveal that she is a female. By to feeling her boobs. <laughs> it's, it's right. It's uh. It's probably a part that you know. Uh, it, I think coming from movies now, you don't really see like okay. So like an example of a, a modern day remaking of that would be like she's the man with uh, uh, Amanda, Bynes. Amanda Bynes. There you go. She doesn't just pull her shirt off and show that she has boobs. What in that movie? So. Yeah, I well, forgot we're watching that now. <laughs> I forgot how she did it, but yeah, there was no boobs. Well, at least not towards the camera. This one is a full on oh, yeah. smack yeah. dab in the middle of the oh, of, of the screen. Glorious. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell. Chris finally got his his boobs in the in a nineteen eighty eighties movie. That's yeah, right. on the show. <laughs> uh, what I mean, there were I, boobs all throughout this movie. Yeah, but those were all Playboy like cutouts, like just like. Pieces of paper on a wall. Still boobs. Still boobs. Well, I mean, I can't argue with the man. And this is a PG-13 movie, so, you know, maybe you're, you know, you're allowed one fuck, one, the word fuck, and one set of real boobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that's what 1980s, you, you're allowed to, you're allowed to get that. In a way, it was kind of part of the plot. Like, you know, it wasn't senseless boobies. Nope, wasn't running around <laughs> like boobies do. There is no such thing as senseless boobies. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I mean, You're not no, making sense anymore. <laughs> uh. They, uh, yeah, they, they, they don't just uh, show up randomly. They aren't just uh, there gratuitously. She, she has to prove that she's the female. 
So mm-hmm. there you go. Best way to do it, apparently, <laughs> in 1985. She couldn't just clinge her shirt closer to her boobs. Nope. To show. No. Nope. 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 Uh, uh, Rick wouldn't believe that. <laughs> I, that's how I feel. They're just apples. I wouldn't believe it either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's what I thought was funny was we like we were talking about that is that uh, uh, the beginning of the movie and the very end of the movie they they ultra up her 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 clothing and even have her just mm. being in a tight t shirt and 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 uh, underwear, the, you know, just to prove mm. that she is female because I guess they you know they didn't want people getting too confused. <laughs> I was a little confused watching it now. I wasn't sure whether to still refer to her as her throughout the movie. I don't know. Okay, I think it's all the like trans stuff going on. Yeah, but in the see, world. she's not. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, she's not identifying as a guy. She kind of was though. But she's she's masquerading as a guy. Yeah, yeah. she always kept her but the, she was her gender identity. True. <laughs> I don't know. It was like a split personality type thing. Ah. She well, did really well though. She there, she there you go. Uh, the, you know, they even mentioned it in the movie. And I thought it when I first was started watching when I was watching it, and I said I think she looked a lot like Ralph Macho, she and did. Uh-huh. because the Karate Kid had come out the year before, they they refer to her as he she looks was she dresses like Elvis Costello and looks like the Karate Kid. Yes, which mm. is not Billy Zapka. Lies, <laughs> <laughs> as Barney Stinson would would tell you. Billy Zapka is. The one who does karate <laughs> in the karate. He is the karate kid. No, he's not. Yes, he is. <laughs> Anyways, uh, which is funny because Billy Zapka's in this movie. He is. And I think there's like three whole movies that I could think of that, that's Billy Zapka's. The Karate Kid, this movie, and... Uh, Zoolander, that's no, Billy Zane. Ba- back to school with... Roddy Dangerfield. What? Yes, he's no the, way. He's the hey, guess what? He's the bully in that too. What? He's the <laughs> he's the jerk rich guy that picks on Roddy Dangerfield's kid That's at college. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen that movie. It's a favorite though. Back to school? Yeah. Oh, huh. did not know that. It's a great movie. It it is a great movie. I don't know who wrote this paper. But whoever did, they clearly didn't understand Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> Kurt, Vonnegut Kurt Vonnegut wrote the goddamn paper. Right. That was amazing. <laughs> so the director of this movie was a lady by the name of Lisa Gottlieb. Nice. Uh, apparently she teaches film history and production at the, at the University of Miami now. Hey, <laughs> I want to go there. That's cool. We have um, credits to her name. She actually has something in post-production right now. Well, that likely can't be right because it says 2013, but it also says post-production. Uh, like development hell. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> post-production. Black Friday, whatever that's about. Uh, before that, uh, there is uh, the last thing she did was an, ep- an episode of Boy Meets World nice. called hmm. The Eskimo. Sounds so familiar. Can the the I resident really uh, boy meets this. world expert does not know what that episode is? I feel like I do. I just can't. Put I just want. I just want to see just right see now. what the 
Sean wins, tries to win tickets to the Super Bowl. Hmm. Familiar? Vaguely. That's all it says for a description. What season? Uh, it says says 1988, so oh, wow. it would be season five, episode 13. Season five was in 1998? According to IMDb. Wow. <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, what else we got? We have a movie called Cadillac Ranch in 1996, Across the Moon 1995, an episode of Dream On in 1994, Freddy's Nightmare, an episode of Freddy's <laughs> Nightmares in 1988. Different. <laughs> and Just One of the Guys was her first movie. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wanted to say she hit it out the park. She yeah, did. it was really, <laughs> absolutely really First movie was pretty awesome. Uh, any other trivia other than the teaches at uh, the University of Miami? Uh, teaching at Columbia College, Chicago Film Department. Chicago and Miami. Yep. Damn. Now, as soon as the movie started, uh, it said one of the screenwriters was Jeff Franklin. And yep. the name had sounded very familiar. Especially since the resurgence of Full House with Fuller House on on Netflix, yeah, and he is the creator of Full House, and yep, and in the the, the font that they used for their title for their credits. title credits in this movie are the exact same font that they use in in Full House. That was funny. Which came first? Uh, let's see. Full House was uh, nineteen eighty seven. So this came first. Hmm. Damn. They even had like a somebody mentioned a person named Gibbler. That's right. Well. That's right. One of the one of the nerdy guys that asked out Terry's friends. The last name was Gibbler. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 drove it right in the the spike for that fact that the, the, that he had to be the same guy. Jeff Franklin. Jeff Franklin was a screenwriter, producer of this movie, and well, one of the screenwriters. Dennis Feldman was the other one. Uh, let's see what some of the other writing credits he have. Let's ooh, he is the the creator of the Species franchise. Oh, sweet. so yeah, Species, Species Two, Species Three, and Species: The Awakening, where she goes to college. Of course, <laughs> there's a uh, he's got Virus under his, his credits. Real Men with John Ritter. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, the Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. Oh my God, that's an amazing! Movie. It just one of the guys was his first movie. Aw, that's so cool. Nice. They made a good movie, <laughs> right? For these first timers. Oh, he also directed Real Bad. Jim Belushi and John Ritter. That's a good movie. Have you ever watched that? Nope. Neither one of you. Sorority boys. Nope. Real Men. I feel like I have watched Real Men at some point, but it was a long time a ago. A long time ago. Fair enough. So the main star of the movie is Joyce Heiser. She's the one who plays Terry. Yes. And I just assumed that it was Terry with an I as a girl and Terry with a Y as a boy, but apparently she spells it Terry with a Y either way. Yeah. Okay. According to the IMDb and <laughs> her article that she wrote. Uh-huh. But uh, Joyce Heiser, the only other thing that I really know her from is a few episodes of the 1990s Flash. (laughs) (laughs) She plays a private detective bounty hunter that, like, she chases down or follows a bounty to 
Central City in, in the episode that she's met in or that she's introduced. Introduced, that's the word. And uh, when uh, she's there, she figures out who the Flash is because she's that good of a detective. Of course she is. And uh, and then they kind of have a relationship between her and the Flash. And then she also ends up like catching the, the trickster, I think. And she becomes she becomes a famous detective. So, nice. uh, but she has other credits. She's got credits for uh, a lot of TV. There's CSI, uh, The Division, Pacific Blue, Murder She Wrote, The Marshal, Melrose Place, L.A. Law, all those things. So, uh, but she does have a few movies. She was in Valley Girl. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. Nice. <laughs> Police Story, which is a TV movie. Wedding Band. Uh, Murder in High Places. Greedy. Have you ever seen Greedy? I've seen Greedy. That's one Michael J. Fox. Wedding Band? That sitcom on no, TBS? No, that wasn't, that wasn't that one. Oh. <laughs> that was a good show. I liked that show. It was funny. TBS has good shows, but nobody watches them. It's true. Except us. It's because it's, <laughs> it's TBS. It's because it's TBS. I always wondered how the Conan O'Brien show does on TBS. Um, not as good as it was, <laughs> but I'm sure they, he has like a bunch of followers. Yeah, you know, when he was doing Tonight Show, I, I wanted to watch it, but I just I stopped watching, like, late-night talk shows by that point. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, so, other than that, I recognize... Well, we we all re- we recognize the Rick character, because he was in the movie that we watched last week in April's Fool, April Fool's Day. Yeah. Along with the Deborah character, who was also in April Fool's And they play a couple in that movie. So... They came back to... Even though you said that they were in that movie, it still took me like half of the movie to recognize them. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I had an IMDb. <laughs> I don't remember faces. <laughs> Fair enough. So the Rick character is Clayton Roner, and the Deborah character is uh, Deborah Goodrich. And in, in, in the other movies, she was... Some other really, really white name. Yeah. Someone say it was like Taz or Tave or Nat. Nat. That no, might have been it. No, that was the that, that nerdy chick. No. Who had the abortion. That's right. She's a slut. And he was like Max, right? He was the the art school. Yeah. Director wannabe. Yeah. Judd Nelson. Yeah. Wannabe. I think that's why I didn't recognize him because he looks so much better in this movie than. <laughs> And in that movie. Well, is it like better after the the makeover that Terry gives him, or did you like his brown clothing yeah. with the hair in front of his eyes? Both. Okay, like, well, there like, you go. I kind of like the John Ritter thing going yeah. on with him. <laughs> then his three, and then Three's Company look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Buddy Griffith, his her sister Terry's. I'm sorry, Terry's brother, brother little brother. Um, he's played by Billy Jane, and now I. I Recognized him from, I believe he was on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Now, I don't know if either one of you are old enough to remember that TV show. Yes. Young. Vaguely. <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> I know the name. But yeah, that's where I remember him from. 
Uh, but other than that, he's related to the Punisher. Billy Jane, Thomas Jane, Thomas Jane. I don't know. He could be. I have. No I idea. doubt it. I'm just throwing out random things. Last thing <laughs> like he was in as an actor was 2010. He was in the United States of Terra. One episode. Uh, he was in an episode of Cold Case, the Bernie Mac show. Uh, he was in the movie The Crew. I remember that. Uh, the TV episode of of Charmed. Extreme Ghostbusters. He was a voice in Extreme Ghostbusters. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. So more of a, a more of the same of, of going through different TV shows. He was quite the horn dog in the movie. Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be his role. Fair <laughs> assessment. Uh, Billy Zapka played Greg Tolan. We knew that. Um. Sandy, oh, Sandy will will once again show up again, show up later when we do the Wraith. Yes. She plays the the girlfriend in the Wraith of Charlie Sheen and whoever played Charlie Sheen's character before he died, because he comes back when he comes back as Charlie Sheen, he looks different than who he was before he died. Uh, what? That's what that movie's about. Didn't you know that? No. Yeah. When you uh, die, you every once in a while. Else. You come back like a car takes your soul to the afterlife, yeah, but every once in a while, you know the car doesn't take it, so you get to come back and re- and get revenge for your death, Sweet. just like the crow and Catwoman, but better. <laughs> but a car, yeah. and Charlie Sheen. You love Turbo Teen. I don't know why. You're... <laughs> Fair enough. You're you're right. I do love Turbo Teen. Um, so That's yeah, ridiculous we show. will see Sandy or Sherilyn Fenn. In the Wraith, which I believe you can see her naked in that too. So there you Sweet. go, another 1980s movie where you Two. see boobs. You don't <laughs> see her naked in this. I think I said Misleading. as well. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. the same thing. Okay, not really. Seymour boobs as another. well are synonyms. They are, but I'm not saying that she was naked in this. I know, but the way you said it, it was. <laughs> I think that's just how you. Imp- Heard it. Guys, guys. <laughs> Boobs. Boobs. All right. Fair Thank enough. You. Thank you. Keep Thank you. Us on track. <laughs> um, oh, God. Now, there's two nerds, uber nerds in oh, the movie <laughs> that, that obviously have uh, a thing for uh, Star Trek. At least that's how they're trying to get you to remember, even though they yeah. never really stay Star Tre- sage Star Trek or... Uh, anything have to anything that thing that really resembles Star Trek, but <laughs> it's enough. It's enough. The one of the guys is is Ari Gross. Now he, you might not have known, recognized him in the role, but he, you know, he he's played a lot of things. Recently, he's on like Castle as the Emmy, but he was in House Two. He was in. Uh, the movie, yeah, the movie, not Damn. the yeah. Uh, he was in. Minority Report. Ooh, I like that movie. Yeah, so you remember at the beginning of the movie when they're, you know, you're, the first mission that Tom they show Tom Cruise going on, well, first one that you get shown in the movie where the, the <laughs> husband is, comes back in the house and he's going, and he, he finds his wife and, and, and his wife's having sex with another man and he's going to use the scissors to, to stab the both of them in the bed. Yes. He's the dude. He's the husband. Ah. Yeah. So there's that. Fair enough. We have 
I don't think I really recognize anybody else. Maybe Mr. Raymaker, the the, the 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 teacher, the journalism teacher. But other than that, I don't really recognize anybody. Um, as for trivia for this movie, I imagine there's probably a good one because I, I I kind of feel that this is a cult cult movie. So it's Clayton Clayton Roner's Rick character is obsessed with James Brown. Before the prom scene was shot, Brown spent. Three days on the set teaching Roner his dance moves. Nice. Nice. That was nice of him. As seen in her room, Terry Joyce Heiser has a few Bruce Springsteen posters. At the time of filming, Heiser had already been dating Springsteen for several years. (laughs) Wow. Wow. There you go. Um, In the boys' restroom at the high school, there's there's, there's graffiti on a stall that reads... Lisa and Joyce are sluts. An in-joke referring to the stars Joyce Heiser and director uh, Lisa Gottlieb. Because <laughs> that's how you want to be you know, remembered for eternity on, on film. Yeah. Why not? Sluts. <laughs> the plot of the film is very loosely based on William Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night. Mm-hmm. Terry Griffith, uh, Joyce Heiser is the Viola and Cesaro character. Rick Morehouse is Clayton Roner, is the Orsino character. Sandy Sherilyn Fenn is the Olivia character. And Terry's brother, Buddy Griffith, Billy Jane, is the Sebastian, Viola's brother character. I've never seen Mm. or read Twelfth Night. No, but I mean, they say she's the man is also... That's right. Derivative from... Twelfth night. night. So there you go. Must, it must be really boys. low. <laughs> okay, so just, you want to just get this out of the way, sorority <laughs> boys? Harlan Williams, yes. Michael Rosenbaum, and the dude from Seventh Heaven, the, the oldest son. Yes, <laughs> I don't remember his name, but they get to they they need a place to stay. It's a good movie on campus. Hilarious. So the only place that's a, that can take them is, is a sorority. Yep. So they have to dress up as women. Yes. Okay. It's funny. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> it's, it. it's hilarious. Bosom buddies, but made for modern times and yes. college. Okay. There, there you go. go. There's a giant. There's a big fight scene between uh, the Michael Rosenbaum and the other dude with dildos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Classic cinema. Classic. Okay, good. <laughs> Glad we got that out of the way. Uh, Sandy mentions that Terry looks like the Karate Kid. William Zabka, Zabka playing school bully Greg, appeared in the as the bully in the Karate Kid. He appeared as the Karate <laughs> He's Kid. He's not the Karate Kid. <laughs> Barney Stenson, Stenson is wrong in that. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Actors Clayton Roner and Deborah Goodrich both appeared in... April Fool's Day, 1986, the following year. Yeah. The major motion picture was filmed in chronological order. This, oh, oh. this movie was filmed in chronological order. That's interesting. Yeah, most movies don't do that. Crazy. You think it's because of the haircuts? Probably. I mean, still, they could have just, like, you uh, know, did her, all the hair, all the parts where her hair was, you know, longer, and but still out of order. Right. But that's crazy that they went from scene one to yeah. the end. In the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's strange. Most people don't do that. But, but then again, she sense. was the first time director, so maybe that's why she did it. 
Uh, the movie spawned two sequels. Really? What? Sweet. <laughs> now, this is news to me. So, in 1987, He's My Girl, and Just One of the Girls in 1993, which is a.k.a. Just One of the Girls, a title similar to Just One of the Guys in 1985. Okay. Okay. Huh. Well, I have to look up these movies. Let's see. He's, one, he's My Girl. My Girl? He's My Girl. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin. See, okay, I remember He's My Girl. I don't think that's a sequel. It has anything to do with this movie. It says, Brian and Reggie are best friends who are in the music business in Missouri. When Reggie enters Brian for a chance to go to L.A., Brian wins the contest and wants to bring Reggie with him. has absolutely nothing to do with this movie. I thought it was a completely different movie from what you were saying. I remember that movie. Uh, let's, but just one of the guys, or I mean, just one of the girls. That's the one with Corey Haim, I think. Oh. And I, yep, it is. A bullied teen disguises himself as a girl in order to escape the school's bully, but finds uh, some upsides to it as well. Yeah, see, that's, you know, they're Corey just. Haim? As a chick? Yep. Not Corey Feldman. <laughs> Corey Haim. Either way. Do you know which is the difference? Yes. Know your Corys. Corey Feldman's <laughs> the one that's still alive. Right. Okay. Anyways, uh, I don't think that... never say that. <laughs> well, Corey Feldman was a goonie. Corey Haim was not. They weren't both in that movie? They were not both in that movie. They, they were, were both, both in Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and License to Drive. And I've seen exactly one of those movies. <laughs> Lost Boys? No. License to Drive? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, he was the the main guy in License to Drive. Um Yeah, so I don't I think that they literally just put movies where people put clothes on of the opposite gender and decided they're called sequels. Yes. <laughs> Sorority Boys is a sequel. <laughs> well, according to this person, whoever put this <laughs> trivia on IMDb, uh, debut theatrical feature film of director Lisa Gottlieb, uh, actress Joyce Heiser, who played the lead character of Terry Griffith, wore a wig for her earlier scenes as a female and then had her hair cut short for her later scenes as a male. So, like, so yeah, if it's a wig, well, I don't know. Maybe she had shorter hair, she but like had, still not like a boy haircut. Fair enough. I guess, but but see, then yeah. again, you know, we just proved that you can't trust all this trivia that's on here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, with the sequels that they speak of. God, you people are so cynical. <laughs> trust it. They're Deb- all sequels. <laughs> Debut produced. Uh, cinema movie screenplay of screenwriters Jeff Franklin and Dennis Feldman. Uh, part of a cycle of 1980s gender bender drag movies, the picture includes uh, the pictures include Tootsie in 1982, Victor Victoria in 1982, Just One of the Guys in 1985, and The World According to Gulp, Garp in 1982. <laughs> the World According to Gulp is a completely <laughs> That's the porn parody. <laughs> Uh, final cinema movie directed by director 
Lisa Gottlieb for around a decade until Across the Moon in 1985. The cinema movie represents a very early screen role of actress Sherilyn Fenn. This feature film was only Fenn's second movie and was preceded only by the motion picture The Wildlife in 1984. According to the 80s movie Rewind website, several of the names used in this movie represent names imported to Hollywood. For example, the high school Terry attended was Sturgis Wilder, apparently incorporating the names of Preston Sturgis and Gene Wilder. And Greg Tolan appears to be a form variation and variation of Greg Toland, who was for many years a Hollywood cinematographer. Greg hmm. Toland is a variation of Greg Toland with a D. Toland and Toland, oh. and then there's oh, two okay. G's in his actual name. Ah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. The picture is ranked at the number 48 spot of Entertainment Weekly's 50 Best High School Movies list. <laughs> that should be higher. What? Unless it's in reverse order, where you want the highest. I don't think it would be. Yeah. It might be, though. Oh, it might be. There's no, <laughs> there's no link to that article. That's what I do on this podcast. I just <laughs> say things, even if I don't believe them. <laughs> Just come up with shit. In my mind, they're true. <laughs> <laughs> if I believe them, they're not lies. Uh, the song tonight, Your Mind Baby, sung by Ronnie Spector, plays in the final scene when Rick drives Terry away in his car. The song first plays when Terry drives Rick home from school after she befriended him in the cafeteria. It's the only scene both are in a car together. Oh my god. I really like that song. <laughs> <laughs> Part of a boom cycle of teen pick and or youth oriented pictures made during the 80s. Cool. Uh, that right. is probably the most worthless trivia <laughs> on this whole thing. <laughs> this was a movie with teens in it made in the 80s. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? <laughs> And then the final piece of trivia, Joyce Heiser initially wasn't going to bare her breast during the during the scene in which Terry reveals to Rick that she's a woman pretending to be a man. However, director, director Lisa Gottlieb was eventually able to convince Heiser that the brief nudity was absolutely essential to making the scene work. Thank you, Lisa. I am going to send her a thank you letter. Oh my god. Wow. Amazing. You know, Joyce, show her your boobies. <laughs> show the world your boobies. Let them out. <laughs> Let the world see them. Wow. You know, I like sweater yams. <laughs> <laughs> I like sweater yams. You know, it's, 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 it's funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's kind of, it's also kind of terrible. But it's funny how much directors can get, uh, you know, people to do things. Because it's also that, what was it? Uh, it's... Um, Guy created Star Wars. George Lucas? There you go. That's his name. George yeah. Lucas convinced Carrie Fisher that there is no underwear in space, so thus she wasn't allowed to wear underwear underneath her her, her clothing. What? Yes. <laughs> no underwear in space. It makes sense. Oh, well, there you go. The science is sound. The science is sound. Um... 
when as uh when when Terry makes the transformation to the the male character uh the I thought I don't know it seems like the fashion sense was a lot I mean I don't know how to say it. it's it's a lot different yes <laughs> than her her female fashion sense but obviously she knows fashion she goes and gets uh Rick to change his clothing too Mhm. Why didn't she just write about that? About that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, her initial article was really boring. That's about the nutritional value of the high school's cafeteria food. Yeah, I'm not sure which I'd rather read. <laughs> <laughs> it I mean, might be the cafeteria one. That is the initial. She writes this letter or this this article that she thinks is really great, and that it should be getting her this internship job at uh the the sun tribune which we guess is in arizona <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> all of this points to arizona there's arizona plates there's asu stickers all of it's arizona until random beach until until <laughs> random ocean yes the 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 prom which they have on the beach. They had their prom in Oceanside. <laughs> they, for some they reason. They all took a plane to Aruba. <laughs> that is the most random. Like, if you had all this Arizona stuff, why beach? Like, you know there's no beaches in Arizona. There's no <laughs> ocean. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Maybe this is supposed to be post-apocalyptic. And there was an earthquake that California just got swept into the ocean. Oh my god, this movie just became so much better. After a giant earthquake. Is that why she didn't really get get in in trouble that much? By going into the men's bathroom and all that and (laughs) writing about it in her paper? Well, you know, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. She totally incriminates herself. But you know they who who were they going to uh, who were they going to get in trouble? I doubt she went to go and uh, register for classes or tell anybody <laughs> in the front office that she was coming. She just kind of walked into the campus, said, oh, "Okay, uh, eleven o'clock, I'm going to go to this random class, and yeah. twelve o'clock, I'm going to hit the PE class." And uh, yeah, I mean, she probably shouldn't have hit PE. Just right? you know, yeah, it's going to cause all kind of problems. Uh, which she then starts to just. Ogle dudes as they came out of the shower. Yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially Rick. She she was really into Rick she as was, soon as she, was very she saw interested him. in what yeah. Rick had going on. <laughs> <laughs> Yet she gets all bashful and shy when he starts peeing in front of her in the in the bathroom. It's a completely different thing. Uh, I guess. I mean, like. She wasn't ready for that intimacy yet. <laughs> and nobody should. <laughs> No using the bathroom in front of the other. <laughs> we got soundtrack. Just one of the guys by Shalimar. What? That's one of the Shalimar. S H A L A M A R. Yeah. Yeah, Shalimar. Yeah. Why? It's kind of well known. Is it? I don't know. I don't know music. I don't, I don't know. Ha! You're all a bunch of fools. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look yeah. at you, unhip kids. <laughs> we don't know our 1985 bands. 
But, uh, yeah, just one of the guys. The soundtrack was under a lecture label. Don't know what else to say about that. Sweet. There was music in this movie. There was. Oh, other similar films? Ladybugs. What? Ladybugs. Ronnie mm-hmm. Dangerfield has a stepson that he gets to dress up like a girl so he can play in the girl's soccer team. Yeah. Okay. It's girl. I guess. I just thought yeah. maybe, I, I figured that'd be a movie that you'd seen. Oh, you know what else is exactly like this movie? Little Giants. Because? They have a girl playing on the football team. But they don't dress her up like a boy. She's in football pads. That's not a boy thing. <laughs> it's just football thing. I, I know. You sexist pig. <laughs> so, what would you say is the tomato meter for this movie? Critic. Tomato meter. Critic? Critic? Seven. Mm, 47. You both overshot it, but Chris is high and closer. It's 40%. Ooh, so close. Now, audience score. 70. 47. <laughs> Chris undershot it. Damn it. Angelo's close, 65%. <laughs> so once again, the audience is like the movie. I forgot mm-hmm. the power of boobs. <laughs> the power of boobs is strong. Uh, let's see, let's see if I can remember how to read this correctly, as opposed to last week, we have Scott Weinberg, who says, innocuously likable little mini Tootsie. Has anybody ever saw Tootsie? Nope. Yeah, I've never seen it either. I think it's Dustin Hoffman, I think. Isn't it? Yeah, that sounds like Yeah. Doesn't that have one of the Cosbys in it? Yeah. Don't know. Dustin Hoffman and one of the Cosbys. Don't see Bill Murray's in it. It was oh, Bill Murray's in it. It was a bad joke because two D, two D, and and there's no two D in no. The Cosby's. Are you sure? You think of the facts of life? I probably am. Okay. And <laughs> we're moving on. The film is a bit uh, too fashion conscious to make a very strong point about appearances not mean anything. Janet Maslin of the New York Times. Interesting. Well, somebody doesn't know how to I don't know if that's what they were trying to say. I mean, was, is that what they're trying to say in this movie? That the appearances don't make a difference? Cause like she, I don't know. Does she start liking I, him? I think it was more. I thought it was like more gender than yeah. than Not like appearances. Appearance. Well, I think that's. I mean, that's what she's trying to say is that no matter. I mean, even a gender is an appearance. It's it, it's it's whoever it is below it, whether or not it's a male or female. Because he, what's his face? Rick could still ended up liking Terry, even though. He didn't know that she was a girl. Like, I don't think he romantically liked her, at least not he understood that he did, but maybe below the surface he did. You know what I'm saying? Trying to say? No? In his penis. Like a bromance. (laughs) No, I mean, okay, yes, like a bromance. (laughs) But but now he can actually move forward. Yes, there you go. Uh, But, I mean, 
he it's I think it's also supposed to be the other way because even though he was a nerd, Terry still fell in love with him because he was a cool guy. Yeah, I don't think no, that's yeah. what the movie was about at all. <laughs> he wasn't a big nerd like the other ones that they portrayed. <laughs> right, but yes. like he was He wasn't an ultra nerd. Reptile. Kind of an outcast. Reptile still got a date to the prom. <laughs> yeah, she looked thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> She went. She looked fucking it's ecstatic. Like, it's not to like be she didn't know he was the dude that carries different <laughs> reptiles around school. Exactly. <laughs> he said he had a big snake in his pants. <laughs> she didn't know that it was literally. And, yeah. Oh, well, uh, she could still enough. be into that kind of thing. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I mean, I I know it's the '80s, and and we do high schools differently now with uh, since all the security and stuff. But is it weird that he keeps getting all these different reptiles and animals past you know any type of security that they would have had? You imagine people it seemed like nobody really cared. <laughs> the only time you saw security is when after uh, uh, Rick stood up to Greg in the middle of the co- oh, yeah. the, the the lunchroom and and everybody spilled their food on top of Greg. Yeah. And security walks into the, front, the door and says, all right, everybody get out. And that's it. That's all they did. <laughs> Lunch is over. So Mental Floss, the website, has 18 things you might know, might not know about just one of the guys. Ooh. Uh, number one. The film made a big impact on many gay and transgender women. women. Oh. says, uh, in quotes, I would say the most... Interesting and surprising uh, thing I learned from just one of the guys is the huge influence it had on young gay and transgender women, says Gottlieb. I learned this when we did a live chat on Jezebel a few years ago. For for hours, women posted their stories, and I was genuinely moved. Genuinely moved. See, this uh, doesn't have a date on it, so I don't know how old it is. Uh, number two, its origins are Shakespearean. We already went over that. Uh, number three, Lisa Gottlieb and Mitch Giannunzio wrote several drafts of the script, but you'd never know it from the credits. It says, I wrote six drafts of the screenplay with my writing partner, Mitch Giannunzio. says, Gottlieb, uh, we got the project greenlit. We were denied writing credit, and the producers did not invite Mitch to the rap party. I brought him to the party. Wow. <laughs> uh, four. Still got to go. <laughs> Guy Terry was based on Ralph Macchio. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to that. Dresses like Elvis Costello, looks like the Karate Kid, I'm going to get him. Was the declaration made by Sherilyn Finn, a high school vixen Sandy, when she cla- caught a glimpse of Terry, which was no coincidence. We based Terry the Guy... On Ralph Macchio, a.k.a. the Karate Kid, says Gottlieb, we saw the physical resemblance and went with it. Remember that Columbia, the studio that released Just One of the Guys, was the studio that made the Karate Kid movies. And the first one was a giant hit as we were prepping. And five, speaking of the Karate Kid, Terry's resemblance to Ralph Macchio must have made playing the role of Greg, the school bully, much easier for William Zabka. Because... Yeah... Uh, six, Sherilyn Fenn really did think Terry was cute. There you go. Sandy really did think that <laughs> Joyce 
Heiser was cute as a I know. Like, the first time I watched it, I was watching <laughs> it with my friend one night, and then, like, we were both looking at her, and we were like, she, she actually looks pretty good as a guy. <laughs> <laughs> it says, Fen told the AV club, uh, I thought Joyce made a really cute boy. I did. I was like, she's actually cute. It was sweet. Instead of making Friday the 13th Part 8 or whatever, I was making the girl meets boy meets... Or girl meets boy, girl meets girl dressed as boy movie. Yeah. Nice. Number seven, Jennifer Jason Leigh was up for the lead. Uh, That's funny. Jennifer Jason Leigh, you know, uh, famous back in the day, probably for Fast Times at Ridge and High. As of recently was in Hateful Eight. She was the uh, the girl being taken by Kurt Russell as a bounty. Mm-hmm. Though she played a teenager in the film, I think I was 26 when we made the movie and I had the screen test for it. Actress Joyce Heiser, who played Terry, recalled the Kicking It Old School blog in 2010. Uh, there were three women who tested, and one of them was Jennifer Jason Lee. Going into it, I was a little nervous about Jennifer because she got a part over me once before, but once the test was over, I felt pretty confident. I did not think that anyone could play that part as well as I could. I'm going to say that is correct because of that scene. <laughs> uh, number eight, Joyce Heiser was a video vixen. A year prior to Just One of the Guys, Heiser starred in Dan Hartman's video for I Can Dream About You, which was featured on the soundtrack of for Streets of Fire. Ooh, that's a movie we have to watch sometime. Huh. Ten years later, she was featured in ZZ Top's video for Pincushion. I Can Dream About You. You know that song? Nope. I can dream about you. Oh, okay. Okay. That's the only that part I know. <laughs> Uh, actor Number nine, actor Paul Lieber was Heiser's manly man coach. In early rehearsals in L.A., the production hired a friend of mine named Paul Lieber. Says Gottlieb, Paul is a gifted actor. He, play, he gives off an ultra macho manly man air, even though he loves and respects women. He's definitely not a, an asshole, but uh, can play one on TV. Joyce Heiser and I hung out with him for a week or so to hone in on his behavior his movements. Wow, that was a lot for a coach that had what five lines about bowling and yeah. needing to pick up that seven ten split. People are human gutter balls. <laughs> uh, number ten. Terry's boyfriend once lived with Kelsey Grammer. Uh, Lee Mikulski, who plays Terry's boyfriend Kevin, or Kavina was a classmate and roommate of Kelsey Grammer's at Juilliard. The, like, and I think we, we, we pointed out during the movie, the dude looks like Ken. Like a Ken doll. Yes. Like straight up Caucasian, blonde hair, parted in the middle. Parted down the side. Yeah. Whatever. See <laughs> Number 11. <laughs> Heiser was attracted to the film because of its take on gender identity. Although it may be cloaked in a really in a silly teenage romp, I was absolutely drawn to this project because it, it, of its subversive gender identity messages. For both young women and young men, Heiser told Kickin' It Old School, the film actually operates on so many different levels and deals with so many teenage issues, from homophobia to the pressure that it put on kids to conform to a certain ideal. That is always surprising. That it always surprised me that at the time 
of its release, it was not really judged for the sum of all of its parts. I think you're putting a little bit more onto that movie than was actually there. I mean, it I it said it did help a bunch of... Uh, I guess, yeah, you're right. Subtext. They, they said, yeah, the subtext of it. I just don't really think that they... I mean, it doesn't really press any issues about homosexuality or 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 gender yeah. identity it just yeah. kind of is yeah i mean no one's really okay i don't know it helped people then it helped people so there it goes they seemed uh very like accepting when they thought that terry was gay rick did well yeah everybody else was just kind of shocked and they were just kind of like, yeah. But it's okay. That's a thing. Because he's got tits. It's true. Okay. Thir- really <laughs> 13. <laughs> Rosanna Arquette warned Heiser to keep her top on. Ooh, Rosanna Arquette. But <laughs> <laughs> she didn't listen. At the time, one of Joyce's best friends was Rosanna Arquette. Uh, Gottlieb told Jezebel, Rosanna said... I would say you shouldn't do it because no one will ever look into your eyes again as long as you live. Uh, on the other hand, people will look at you and see those breasts forever, even when you're an old lady. And I said, wow, I'll strip myself after hearing that reason. I'll strip myself after hearing that reason. Gottlieb said that. Hmm. Fair enough. Rosanna Arquette, not Patricia Arquette, who was the medium. Right. But Rosanna, her older sister. Yes. Okay. James Brown helped Clayton Roner perfect his moves. We read that one. Roner beat out James LaGrosse for the for the role. All right. Uh, Sixteen. Sexism spilled over onto the set in the eighties. What? I can't believe it. I mean, that doesn't sound right. There's only several references to uh, statutory rape and uh, you know. <laughs> Underage sex and each other left and right. Sexual assault, yeah. Uh, Terry wasn't the only one faced to deal with faced to deal with a bit of sexism on the set. I fired our first cinematographer because he refused to shoot my shot list during screen test and kept kept declaring, "Don't worry, sweetie, I'll make your film look good." Recalls Gottlieb. I said, "Have you read the script?" He said. He said, "Don't waste." Don't don't waste my time, honey. So I fired his ass. I did not wish to waste any more of his time. <laughs> well, that was nice of her. Yeah. Why do why, why why put it that way? Waste any more of his time? Seventeen. The studio disappeared during post production. While we were shooting on location, Coca Cola bought Columbia Pictures. Oh. That's why there was a bunch of Coca-Cola There you cups. go. <laughs> Gottlieb <laughs> recalls of the studio that produced the film, this was the early days of massive corporations buying and selling the studios. We returned and were editing on the lot in Burbank. I met with the music publicity and post executives to plan, inform, collaborate on marketing strategies, etc. All the things filmmakers need to muck about in so they are done well. One day, weeks later, I showed up uh, in the executive building and they were all gone. Offices empty, security guards, checking IDs, and barring entry. It was truly weird. (laughs) 
right. They just disappeared. This is like it says. And number 18, a sequel could very well happen. Joyce Heiser and I had lunch a while back, and she pitched me a hilarious idea for a sequel, says Gottlieb. So far, we've had, we haven't sold it, but we also haven't tried that hard. We need a producer, <laughs> but we would love to do it. It's a hoot. Um, <laughs> I'll okay. produce it. You'll produce it? I'll produce it. All right. Well, wait, there wait. you go. Step Lisa Gottlieb, if you're listening to this. Go to Miami, Chris. And... I got this. There you go. The University of Miami. So, <laughs> were any of those very driving. interesting to either one of you? No. No. Well, nothing's um, interesting to you. It's true. Except boobs. <laughs> well, like I said, <laughs> this one had a set. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, now I think we come up to Chris's favorite part, the Amazon review. Yes. Five star and one star. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. We have a few. We have about 18 one star reviews. Aw. <laughs> Bad. Yes. Oh, yes. The second one says uh, it was by Casey on February 7th. 2016. Sweet. Oh. So it's very recent. Yes. The 2004 DVD version is full screen. <laughs> <laughs> One star. Yes. <laughs> wow. That actually is like the next three complaints of the next three people That's is that it's only in full screen. Uh, no widescreen for this 80s classic. Oh, here we go. One star by Avid Reader, November 8th, 2015. Overacting, stilted, poor premise, a DNF for me. Uh, DNF? Do not fuck with. That's the only thing I can come up with. Do not fear? Do not friend. Do not friend. There you go. Uh, Do not food. No widescreen version, one star. Uh, I remember liking it when I was younger, but now I find it inappropriate. One star. That's Sandy. Well, you're a priest. <laughs> Very different from the Sandy in the movie. Let's see. Uh, a customer, March 4th, 2004. This movie is good, but where is the widescreen version? <laughs> That's the very first one. A movie defined definitely deserves five stars. However, I finally got issued... Uh, it finally got issued to DVD, and after all the years, it's been out of print, and it goes to no special features and no widescreen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here, let's see some five star reviews. Oh, sister of my loins, which was a line from the movie. It was a, a customer, uh, May fifteenth, two thousand four. I loved, I love eighties teen movies. They are my guilty pleasure. Plus, takes me back to the time when I was a teenager. 80s teens movies are the best because they were fun, goofy, and funny. Not the angry, brooding, violent teen junk of today. Yeah. This is one of the best. A customer, February 17, 2004. I love this film! I hope I hope that is that it's in widescreen. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> It'd be nice to see if it's in uh, the theatrical aspect ratio for the first time. 
If it's in full screen, that's fine because I was it, or it was shot open mat, uh, as many eighty movies were filmed in. If you don't have this on DVD, then go and get it right away. I agree. Good. See, that that person was just being reasonable, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's hilarious by Nicole, September nineteenth, two thousand twelve. Oh, and I I clicked off of it. So it wasn't that important. No, there it is. It's, uh, it's a really funny movie. Yes, I know there's a, a lot of movies out there that have the same theme going on where a woman dresses uh, as a man, but I love the, uh, the spin they put in this movie. It's hilarious, and most people would uh, table this as a chick flick, but I watched it with my boyfriend, and he even ended up laughing and, and enjoying it. <laughs> It's a really great movie, and I'm very pleased with it. He was very pleased. <laughs> I just like it. And he even laughed at it. Like, it's just the one part. He laughed at it, though. Um, you know, we didn't really talk too much about the movie itself. Is there any one particular scene other than the boob scene, Chris? Mm-hmm. And Angela, like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> that you you like to you like to to, to point out. Like I, I I know during the movie you said like because there's the the different parts where, you know, and they do it obviously so that it's a funny joke for Terry, but like the oops my my girl is showing. Yeah, like, <laughs> like kind of you kind of have to have that like oh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna break my. My, uh, was it break my, uh, character? Just, yeah, break my character. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm gonna, gonna start grilling. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like the, the, when she gives the, the helpful advice of putting an eraser tip on the end of the, on the back of a, a, a earring that's yeah. lost its back. Or, uh, who doesn't know that? <laughs> my favorite one is when she, like, like, put, puts a, um, Rick. Rick's hair, like behind his ear, like. <laughs> like you look ju- so cute today. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's supposed to be cleaning the the spaghetti off of himself after the bully Greg went and put spaghetti on him, and then all of a sudden, oh, but you look so cute today, and he's like, bathroom. wait a second, uh, in the bathroom. That's right. Yeah. Um, Chris, any other scenes that particularly stick out to you? This whole movie. It was just good. You just in, enjoyed this movie yeah. all together. Well, the you, whole I, you picked a good one, Angela. Yeah. Was, was the original reason that you picked this one? We were talking about it last time, but I don't remember what, what we were talking about. <laughs> and you mentioned just one of the guys. Or you, you That's must, right, must right. You. It must have been something. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, was, was this, this isn't one of the ones that had to do with a, a music no. musician no. or something? Okay. Well, it's only because they, they have the same titles. Oh, okay. From the song and the, the movie. Got it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I remember this movie from growing up, obviously. I was in the right... Well, I, I guess I probably wasn't in the right age. I mean, it was, I was three when it came out, but <laughs> we I got to see it, see it probably a thousand times on HBO or whatever. God, <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, I said earlier before That's the movie started, the this is probably one of the... F- First three movies that I remember seeing boobs in, so it was this European Vacation, uh, and 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 Weird Science. So you know, just there's the nice. one scene with boobs in it, and you're like, oh, wow. 
Sleeps. Sweet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I imagine. I mean, this one I think was on. Once again, was like batteries not included. It's kind of on the very edge of of being not known. So, uh, yeah. Uh, good job. Good job on the pick. Thank you. Indeed. Now we get to go on to picking our next week's movie. Come on. I mean, unless there's anything else you wanted to say about this one. Either one of you. Watch it. Watch it. Go out and watch it. You recommend it. Do it now. <laughs> what are you waiting for? We watched, Why are you oh, still here listening There you go. That's also that's a good example. We watched it on Google Play. Um, it was also available on Amazon Video, I believe, and, uh, and YouTube. readily available. Uh, if it's not taken down already, I watched it on Netflix like two years ago, I don't know if it'll still be on there. I think usually they they uh, well Google will tell you if it's on Netflix, but oh okay, that, yeah, it just told me that it was on Google Play and uh, Amazon Video and YouTube. Cool. So we still have Midnight Madness, Million Dollar Mystery, Rad Adventures in Dino City, uh, The Wizard, Problem Child, Felix the Cat, Happily Ever After, The Wraith, uh, Monster Squad, and Crawl left to do <laughs> so i have random.org up and we have one through 12. 11 what because just one of the guys is gone wasn't it 13 last time no it would be it was oh it was 13 to determine what gets on the list of 12 correct got it <laughs> i'm right there and the number that is being randomly generated is four oh, what is four four is Adventures in Dino City. Yeah! <laughs> yes! Just getting all of Angela's picks. Oh my god, one of my favorite movies ever. I've never seen it, but I think it's gonna be cool slash bad. It's so amazing. <laughs> well, there you go. The Adventures in... I think it's Dinosaur City, right? Yes. Alright, uh, let's see if I can find that real quick. Oh my god, children get sucked into a VHS tape. Wow, this sounds like it's made exactly for this show. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. They team up with dinosaurs who do karate. The dinosaurs do karate. The dinosaurs do karate. Do you, do you understand how big dinosaurs are and how heavy they are? Yeah, and you had a buddy cop film with Whoopi Goldberg. I didn't I say it was good. It. I didn't pick that movie. <laughs> so, Adventures in Dinosaur City is 1991, directed by Brett Thompson, written by Will Baronet. Uh, so, you it know. also has an awesome Super Nintendo game that I played the shit out of. Apparently, it had a super awesome Super Nintendo game. Uh, I'm going to say it probably didn't. It was very difficult. Uh, but <laughs> go out, watch this movie, come back to us when we... When we want to talk about it and yeah. make sure you get get yourself involved. Uh, but that's it for this week. That's it for just one of the guys. Uh, one of the definite VHS gems from my childhood and now one from your guys' adulthood. So, Chris, what is your Twitter? Uh, wizard. W-W-W-Y-Z-E-R-D. Angela? Flower Wreath Tales. You figure it out how it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put it in there. I bet it shows up. And I'm at agent under the underscore under the of the underscore bat. I've said it enough times. You all know what it is. <laughs> agent of the bat. Just look that up. We can't possibly have new 
listeners ever. Yeah, it's a little bit of a of a, the Easter egg hunt from Ben. There you go. There, yeah. yeah. They just have to listen to the other episodes to find <laughs> out what your Twitter actually is. Uh, Geekly Radio is on Twitter is at Geekly Radio. We have the Geekly Radio Facebook page where we do most of our talking, and geeklyradio.com is our website where we have uh, archived episodes of our podcast. So, this has been VHS Gems on the Geekly Radio Network, saying until next time, always remember to geek geek out. out. Yeah. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.